Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 18th of December 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, it's crunch time, everybody. Only a few days left until the Christmas holidays, and the school kids are finishing off their exams and packing up their pencils to have a break before the new year. This week, as we're wandering around Hong Kong enjoying the cooler weather, we'll be listening to a story of school days from Madeline from our June 2019 show that had the theme Rewind. After Madeline's story, we'll hear from Janita with two shorter stories from February 2018. Before we get to today's stories, though, we'd like to give a huge seasonal hug to our loyal hometown listeners in Hong Kong. The heart of this city is so huge. And we are very pleased to be part of it. Thanks go out this week too to our listeners around the world, especially listeners in Dong Nai in Vietnam, Nizamabad in India, and Zurich in Switzerland. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. January's live show has the theme "Ready, Steady, Go," and will take place on Thursday, the twenty-third of January. In fact. Most of our shows this year will take place on a Thursday in 2020, so keep that in mind. I'll be hosting January's show, and we'll have a listening ear after the show to record your interviews. Right now, though, there are pitch workshops happening. If you want to tell in the January show and have a story that fits our theme, then check out our Facebook page or meetup for the times and dates. Or you can go to our website, HongKongStories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now with her story from the June 2019 show, which had the theme "Rewind." Here is Madeline. I am 16. My father remarries and we move to Tabazimbi, a small miners' town in South Africa. Up till then. We were staying in Johannesburg, which is a vibrant modern city. Tabazimbi has three churches. It's a Christian country, uh, well, apartheid, but it was a Christian country. Three, th- three churches and one high school. I am to join the high school in class eleven. My first day, I am petrified and utterly alone. In truth, the feeling of being alone is not new to me. I have always felt isolated, like I am a little bit behind glass. Now it's going to be worse, I think, because the children in the class will be rough. They're the children of miners and farmers. I am so wrong about making friends. The very first break. Seven girls approached me, dragged me with them. We sat together. We shared lunch, and for the rest of the two years I was there, we shared lunch. We discussed other girls. We talked about the boys. Yes, in Johannesburg I was at an all-girls school. Now there are boys in my class, <laughs> and what is more, they become friends. We spend weekends together. We do all kinds of what? Oh, wild things. But I was right about them being rough, not to us. They were always gentlemen to us, but to the teachers. It was a bit of a power struggle, and the teachers held onto the power by the cane, force of the cane. No, no, really, the cane. 
The boys retaliated by never cowering. As a matter of fact, the boy with the most lashes had the most status. But to us, they were gentlemen and very loyal, as I had to find out myself. One day, between two lessons, me and my two best friends, um, <laughs> Lindy and Elaine, were standing outside a classroom, and three boys joined us, and they said, they are going to Sun City on Friday night, and do we want to join them? Now, Sun City is a gambling house. This is a big ask. For one thing, it was prohibited to gamble in South Africa. Sun City was in the neighboring country, Botswana, second thing, and we had to climb out of our windows to get there. I was still thinking when it was all organized around me. So that Friday night, I'm lying in my bed. I'm thinking, oh, are we crazy? What are we doing? I'm fully dressed. My, I'm still waiting for my father and his new wife to go to bed. But I'm thinking, <laughs> what are we doing? Are we completely mad? But I go. Climb through the window. I run. I meet my friends at the corner. And we pile into the car. I am absolutely convinced that nobody else is as scared as I am. I have the feeling that they've all done this before. The drive there is exhilarating. We are six people crunched together in a Toyota. The, the road is dark and bumpy. There's kudus. Now, kudu is a big buck with, with twisty horns. And these bucks are quite known for the fact that they jump into fronts of cars, killing everybody in impact. Not that night, I'm lucky to say. <laughs> so we arrive at Sun City. Oh, Sun City, it's gold, it's glitter, it is chandeliers, it's marble, it is magnificent. Me and my friends run to the toilet to put on some makeup so that we at least look like we're 18, so we believe. We join the boys. Nobody has a lot of money, but one of the boys managed to win 400 rand. That's about the equivalent of 200 Hong Kong dollars. A fortune. We immediately order the most decadent drinks we could, we could think about. Um, angel stits, giggle. And um, uh, blowjob, giggle, giggle. And sex on the beach, Ooh, giggle, giggle, giggle. Uh, later on, we drift into a movie. And then we realize, oops, this is not a movie. This is a porn movie. And we rushed out of the movie. All of us shocked to our little souls. Order one more drink, and then we, we hit home. We were tired, we were happy, and if I think about it now, lucky to be alive. <laughs> Saturday, I spend in bed, and I think most of Sunday as well. I think my friends did too. But that Monday morning, full of adrenaline still, we meet each other, and we meet in the toilet, and we're discussing what happened, and what boy is cute, and who drank what. Bell goes, first lesson, we go after class. Does biology or or maths, I'm not sure. But we were just in the classroom when the door opens and in walks Mr. Wenzel, our English teacher. Now, despite the cane, the teachers were actually good, solid people. They had our best interest at heart. But this man was a different kettle of fish. He calls Leone, me and Elaine out of the classroom to his office, and there he was laying it on thick. He must have been lurking outside of the girls' toilets and overheard us. He was known for doing that. And he was saying things like, Christian morals, you would have to tell the minister. 
school rules, he would have to tell the principal. Personal failure, he would have to tell our parents. I think he even mentioned the police. But then he turned to me and he said something like on the line that goes, bringing my decadent city values to this innocent to corrupt them. I was shocked. I burst into tears. Lehonis tried to explain. Lindy tried to, to comfort me, and he just dismissed us. Go outside. The rest of the class are waiting outside. By now they know. So the boys told them where we went on Friday night. We told them what Wenzel has said, and for a moment there was silence. And then Ben, he was a, a, a student leader and actually became the head boy the next year, said to his friends, Come, boys, and in they march. Not sure what else was said. I heard voices. They came back out. We went back to class, and one of the boys put his arms around my shoulder and said to me, it is over. Ben's father and Wenzel are friends. Ben knows things about Wenzel, and now Wenzel knows that Ben knows. And he was right. It was over. Many years later, some of these people are still good friends of mine. They've all become moral citizens. Teachers, doctors, Ben is, a, is, a, is a, a, a pharmacist in America, and Lindy is a lawyer. They will probably remember this story differently. For them, their childhood was normal. But that was the year that I have learned that lesson, that this glass wall is of my own making and can be broken. The mysterious ways of adults can be confusing for young people. Storytelling, however, is fairly straightforward. That doesn't mean that we don't sometimes need some help to get our best story out of us. Our weekly workshops are the perfect place to get started. Find out where and how and everything else you need to know on our website, hongkongstories.com. Now, a different perspective on the student-adult relationship with two shorter stories from the February 2018 show. Here is Janita. So it was my last summer in town before I was about to leave to start a new college course. And I bump into my old teacher in the street, Mr. Bonson. He used to teach me English when I was 12 years old. But I hadn't seen him in a number of years because he changed schools and moved to another city. But I was really pleased to see him because Mr. Bonson was one of those memorable teachers. He was young and fun. He never sat us in rows and he always had a really good story to tell. But what we really loved about Mr. Bonson was the fact that he'd take the loudmouthed kid, David Lanning, and tie him to his chair. <laughs> Using our school uniform ties, which we had enthusiastically handed over. Even David Lanning thought it was hilarious. Mr. Bonson had a very good sense of social justice. So we went to a cafe for coffee to exchange and catch up on our lives, me getting into college and his new promotion. And then we swapped addresses and promised to write letters to each other because, well, that's what you did back then. And when we wrote, it wasn't just a quick, hi, how are you? 
it was pages and pages of funny stories and silly drawings and bits of newspaper articles stuck on. Just one of those envelopes was a kind of mini scrapbook of each of our lives and all of its absurdities. And I was living alone at this college at the time, and the arrival of a letter from Mr. Bonson was sure to brighten up even the darkest of days. But of course, by that time, it was no longer Mr. Bonson, but Tim. A year later, Tim and I decided to meet up again, um, but this time over a beer on a Saturday afternoon. We talked for hours, and then sipping away, we decided to take a stroll back to his place, which was just up the road. We sat on the sofa and continued to talk about this and that, his arm resting on mine. And I began to realise we had gotten quite close. And then that moment happened where he leans in and covers my lips with his And we start to kiss. Well, he started to kiss. (laughs) I started to picture David Lanning tied to his chair (laughs) and Mr. Bonson reading a story from my exercise book, a story about a lion, a story I had written when I was 12. And Mr. Bonson wasn't wasn't Tim, but Mr. Bonson. And even though this was years later and I was an adult, I couldn't get this picture out of my head. And the whole kissing thing just seemed ridiculous. And if there was ever a moment I wanted the earth to open up so I could escape the embarrassment, that was it. That was the first of two shorter stories Janita told at this show. Many of you may not know, but Janita is our artistic director, and as well as hosting regular shows, she's also in charge of our show on Thursday, May 24th, which is called The Age of Reckoning. It will be true first-person stories, but it may not be the usual format. The stories will weave in and out and around one another, and by the end, present a picture of different stages of life. If you're interested to see this show or any of the other shows in the Spoken Word Festival, head on over to hongkongstories.com or find the Hong Kong Spoken Word Fest on Facebook. With that in mind, here's a second story from Janita, also from our February 2018 show. I'm at the tipping point the point at which an inch to the left or an inch to the right could set me on a path of no return. And as my left foot is desperately searching for solid ground, which never seems to come, I realize there is only one way that this is going to pan out. Because I've just done what every woman in her 50s really wants to do. I've bought a motorcycle. Not one of those small scooter-type things, but a shiny, black, fully manual, naked sports bike. The kind that gets you a little attention. The kind that, get, that makes people say, hey, 
what a cool dude. And I'm certainly getting quite a lot of attention at this moment as I'm trying to back in between two tightly parked bikes on the street. A couple of Deliveroo guys sitting on their bikes having a smoke and two men in a shop window opposite certainly think that my situation is worthy of an ogle-eyed stare. But this isn't the first time that I've ridden a bike. I've had my full license since I was 19. And when I was living in Saigon a few years ago, I had a scooter of my own. So just before Christmas, I thought, why not? Of course, my friends said there were quite a few reasons why not. <laughs> Have you seen how people drive here? The taxi drivers, they're crazy. And what are you going to do when all those people just walk in front of you? Well, yeah, they're all things that I had said to myself already. But hey, you're never going to live life to the full if you live in fear, right? So I get the bike. And I get the special jacket with the shoulder pads and the elbow pads. And the special boots with the metal strips underneath and up the side. And the special helmet with the cheek pads and the quick release. No, I wasn't giving in to fear. I was going to be such a cool dude. But you know what it's like when you try to reverse your vehicle and people are watching you? You get a bit anxious. Your palms get a bit sweaty. And you move a bit too hastily. And you misjudge the line. So I have to pull out and start again. And ordinarily, that's not a problem. But in Hong Kong, they tend to site motorcycle parking bays on steep hills. And I haven't figured that into my parking calculations. So as I turn the handlebars and push my feet to push back, I find that my left foot is now two inches too short of the ground. I'm beyond the tipping point. And I no longer have the body position or the body weight to hold the bike upright. And with all the eyes in the street on me, I feel the bike, my shiny, new, fully manual, naked sports bike, ever so slowly, ever so gently, as if to prolong my shame, <laughs> tilt to the left and just keep going and if there was ever a moment that I wish the earth would open up so that I could escape the embarrassment that was it Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.